Here we go. You are listening to Rumination Thursday Law and Gospel on this November the 11th in the year of our Lord 2021. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me is my good friend, Pastor Wes Reimnitz. Hi, Wes. Hi, Tom. You know what? Yes. I'm sincerely looking forward to our discussion today. Before we get to it, we do want to remember that this is Veterans Day. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And so we, we thank those who have been involved in the various armed forces to protect us because that's a, a big, big item that needs to be done. It's God's first use of the law, which means he gives the law to the government in order to protect us and punish evildoers and wage war against those who want to exterminate us. So we, we thank yeah. them very much. I had uh, four uncles that served in, the, in uh, World War II, and then my little brother was, is a retired Air Force sergeant. So, yeah, it affects many of our families out there. Absolutely. And uh, my dad was in the Army, and uh, we heard stories that he would tell us about what happened there. But I tell you, it's something that um, is what the government does. You know, a lot of times the church is criticized for getting involved in political matters. Today, we're going to be talking about where I think the government, the state, is getting involved in religious matters. It was something that you found, and I know you're looking forward to talk about it. Could you just give a little summary of what the U.S. Supreme Court did on just recently? Yeah, I believe it was uh, this previous Tuesday, the heard the uh, case, the Supreme Court justice questioned the sincerity of a Texas death row inmate's Christian belief. Um, they they met to question the sincerity of, of a Texas row inmate, inmate who recently had been, uh, had his education, uh, execution delayed whilst, while uh, uh, to allow while the state wouldn't allow a pastor to lay hands and make vocal prayers to receive a lethal injection for murdering a man in 2004. In real brief summary, Texas used to allow pastors or religious uh, people to come, a person advisor to come in and uh, into the chamber when they did the lethal injection injection. Then they said no. Then they went back to saying yes. Now it's before the Supreme Court. So what we have here is a man, John Henry Ramirez. He was given the uh, sentence of execution because he murdered a man in 2004. And he keeps delaying his execution by various means. And this is another one where he wanted his pastor 
to lay hands on him and say words while he was being put to death. And the way they were putting people to death there in Texas right now is through injection. So I was wondering when I first read this, you wouldn't want to put your hands on somebody who is being electrocuted. <laughs> or the gas chamber. Yeah, yeah, or, or his head cut off, you know. But what's interesting here is the state is denying his request for a pastor to be there. Now, I've never heard of that where a pastor is in the actual room of the execution, uh, laying his hands on someone when they get injected and saying prayers for them. But I guess it was permitted for some time. The way I understand it is the pastor can go to the cell of the person about to be executed, say some words, some prayers there for him, but then he may walk with the man to the execution chamber, but he doesn't get involved in the execution. Yeah, uh, I think you will state it what, what the practice was, but uh, what had happened is they were allowing the pastors to come into the chamber too, and lay hands on, on the victim if, if he so requested it. They stopped the practice in 2019, 2019. He objected, and they reversed themselves and said, okay, we'll let him come back in. So it's it's a mishmash of stuff going on. Yes. Um, his lawyer, Seth Kretzer, says he is now a practicing Christian. And the pastor he has, Dana Moore, is pastor at Second Baptist Church in Corpus Christi. And he's been Ramirez's spiritual advisor for the last four years. Now, the Southern Baptist Convention's Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission the National Association of Evangelicals and religious freedom groups have also supported the cause of the death row inmate that he should have present at his execution this pastor from the Second Baptist Church in Corpus Christi. That he can lay hands on him and make vocal prayers as he receives his lethal injection. You want somebody there at the moment of his death. Yes. Um, Kretzer, namely his lawyer, argued that Texas officials should allow his client to have his pastor lay hands and pray over him because they have done it before. Across Texas, there have been 572 executions over four decades. And the state's policy was to allow a spiritual advisor to be present in the execution chamber to lay hands on a condemned inmate and to audibly pray. That was changed in 2019. It was changed suddenly when the state chose to forbid any religious advisor from the execution chamber. 
And I am wondering about something here. What did okay. Justice Clarence Thomas say? Clarence Thomas? Right. Yeah, he he questioned how do, how do you talk about a person's uh, sincerity of faith, or is he gaming the system? What do you mean by gaming the system? Well, he always makes this, this fellow, Ramirez, is always making objections uh, at the last minute at this, when it's time to do the execution. And he says, oh, I got a religious uh, objection that's going on here. So they have to stop and re- review that because they don't want to violate a man's religious uh, beliefs. In fact, uh, they questioned about the sincerity of his faith, or was he simply using litigation to delay his execution? Yes, he's had his execution delayed several times at the last minute. And so people were saying he's gaming the piecemeal litigation. And that means he has received another lengthy reprieve and that this is the fourth execution date that they are delaying. And what's our understanding uh, about this? Well, capital punishment itself is left up to the state, yes. the government, to, to decide uh, who, who should and who shouldn't. And... Uh, um, the the question comes down to the, the state is trying to allow or accommodate somebody's religious beliefs, and uh, at what point do we do we say that we have to be there in the chamber, not the chamber, uh, as as pastors? Yeah, religious you know, beliefs are something that a person has when he joins a particular religion. But it was noted in the arguments, let's say for the Lord's Supper, a religion says that you can have wine and marijuana. Well, (laughs) they would not allow that in a prison because that's against the law or wine and heroin. So it doesn't matter what his religion says, the state has preemption over that. In the same way, what bothers me is that they're trying to figure out if he is sincere. That is not the job of the state. Who makes that decision, if, whether or not he's sincere? Well, that would come down to, to God himself would make that, that distinction. But how? And... By faith. No. 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 Uh, Because nobody hears God's voice. uh, By his works? Nope. Okay, you got me on that one. Well, you think about it. You do it every Sunday. Oh, confess. No. I'm asking how or who is the person that makes that decision? Well, Jesus. 
Well, I don't ever hear Jesus. No, never hear the Holy Spirit. (laughs) How do you decide who comes to the Lord's Supper? Oh, well, they confess Who's the their person? The pastor. The pastor. This is a pastoral thing. It's not a government thing. When we have the Lord's Supper, we sometimes exclude people from the Lord's Supper because in our opinion, they don't have the proper understanding of the Lord's Supper. That's something the pastor decides. So, for example, we have a practice that normally a person doesn't receive communion until after they have been confirmed, go through a process of education. And this pastor has been with his death row inmate for four years. So he knows the confession of the man, and he makes the decision as to whether or not this inmate is sincere. That's not something that the government has to decide. That's a spiritual yeah. matter. I would agree with you. I uh, I kind of came down to at what point do, does the state say you go into a chamber where there is electrocution, gas, hanging, or as it is here, lethal injection. At, at what point do we disembark? And a pastor knowing, like you said, knowing the, the person's faith um, can make that decision on the sincerity. You know, I, I parallel that to when we go to the hospital. I mean, before surgery, a life and death surgery, we we often as pastors have devotions and prayers and confession and things like that and absolution. But we don't go into the operating room holding their hand. No, that's a good point. Yes, we're not allowed to do that. Um, in fact, you said there was that one word, absolution. What does that mean? Well, that's uh, uh, after one has made confession of sin, absolution is forgiveness. The pastor on a Sunday morning grants absolution to to the congregation after they've made a confession of their sins. I, in the, in, by the authority of my Lord Jesus Christ, forgive you all your sins. And remember how that begins, that absolution. Upon this, your your confession. Yes, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word of God, announce the grace of God to you, and in the stead, that means in the place of Jesus Christ, I forgive your sins. Now, that's upon this, your confession. So that's something between the man, woman, and God whether their confession is sincere, because God can read their hearts. So everyone who has a sincere confession is forgiven through the pastor by Jesus Christ. But that's not something that, can you imagine one of your members saying, my pastor won't absolve my sins, so I'm taking him to court. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, I, I thought the same thing too. That the state has a right to, to decide who's going to be in the chamber or not. But uh, if the person is, as they say, as they're saying, in this uh, Baptist pastors that the man has some kind of faith, faith in, in Jesus. Why do they need to be in there? Yes, the fact that I'm thinking about with Justice Thomas, he asked again about how sincerity of beliefs can be assessed. And the answer is, it's not up to the state to assess that. It's up to the pastor. Now, if he had no pastor, then that might be a different story. But I think it's so simple. They just make a rule that, yes, the man can have pastoral counseling in his cell prior to the execution because there's nothing in Christianity in the Bible that says you have to have the pastor beside you when you're being executed. In fact, what's the pastor going to be saying while he's being executed, namely, that your sins are forgiven, which is a contradiction to what the execution is all about. Because he's being executed, not because his sins haven't been forgiven, but in the temporal realm, there is no forgiveness for murder. <laughs> well said. In fact, I had that down there. Well, what is sincere faith? I mean, the fact is uh, there you can uh, still be punished in this realm for the sins that you committed. Reminds me of a Lutheran Witness article that dates back into the 1960s or 50s. Lutheran where, Witness? Uh, yeah, Lutheran Witness, our publication. The it's Lutheran the official Witness. publication of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. And what did it say? Right. A judge, a guy had come, became a Christian, came before the judge, you know, for his sentencing and how he regretted what he what he had done and believed that Christ died for his sins and, you know, came to faith. And uh, he, he was now looking to the court for leniency. Well, the judge replied that he, too, was a Christian and was glad to hear that he had come to faith, but uh, but in this life, you still had to meter out justice, and it gave him a three to five year sentence for his thefts that he had committed. In other words, you pay for your temporal consequences uh, through the government. The spiritual consequences can be forgiven. So even if you are executed, the next moment you're in heaven with Jesus if your faith has been sincere, which, of course, Jesus knows. And in the spirit, you'll be in heaven. But I, I can't understand how the state is going to make a decision that his faith is sincere once the pastor says, well, yes, he has sincere faith from our point of view. The pastor is the person who indicates to the government whether there is a sincerity of faith. And it's not up to a Supreme Court justice to try and figure that out. Yeah, right. 
I mean, it's it's practically impossible. I shouldn't say practically impossible, but it, it is hard for us to, as pastors to be at the bedside of someone who is passing away at that precise moment, you know. You, know, you go and make hospital calls sometimes, and knowing that a person's on their deathbed, knowing that uh, knowing that you have prayers and and devotions with them, but uh, sometimes they do pass away while you're there. Other times they they don't. Yeah, Chief Justice John Roberts made some good points. I don't understand, he says how the prison officials and then judges are supposed to assess sincerity. I mean, it is certainly understandable that as death approaches inmates, they may have different religious views than they did before and want to take these into account. And then he gives this example. Let's say a week before the execution, a prisoner comes in and says, I want to become a member of a particular church because I need that to be saved. And the amount of time for the training to become a member is three months. And he's very sincere. Are we going to postpone the execution for three months? See, there's a good example where you can't mix church things with the state. I mean... You can tell a person is sincere before they're finished training through adult instruction, can't you? Well, yeah, no, I, I I know what you mean. I, it's hard to uh, to measure that that person's uh, sincerity at that point. Some are excited. Some say, "Okay, well, we're ready to go," you know, but. Uh, the sincerity doesn't take confirmation, is my point. No. I oh, mean, well. the pastor recognizes sincerity as the person, as you said, confesses his sins. And we're not to doubt that. And so unless there is some information where he's telling other people, I'm only saying this to postpone the execution, then the pastor has the right to say, as far as I realize it, he is sincere. And if he's not, God will take that into account, even if I give him the absolution, because God knows whether his confession is sincere. I think so. yeah, that's, a, that's the point well taken. Uh, we take him on their confession, and then we commit them to God's care. Uh, it kind of reminds me of the the time I went to the hospital to to uh, have a devotion with with a, a lady of the congregation who was going to have a triple bypass, and she was nervous and about going into it because they said there was a fifty fifty chance she may or may not come through it. Well, we had our devotions and confession and absolution and things things of that nature, reading of scripture. And after it was all over, she said, you know, I'm really at peace now. I'm not nervous about looking forward to the, to the surgery. It's just, 
I feel better now that I know that God has forgiven me and I and I live with Jesus right now. Yeah, for example, the Apostle Paul, when he was still Saul, in the sense of not being a Christian, would they have said he had sincere faith? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they sure questioned his sincerity, given his, his destruction that he had done in, in years previous. But not the Jews. They really believed he had sincere faith. Nobody argued with when, Paul that he was wrong, except Christians who had a totally different religion. And so that's mm -hmm. my point I'm making. Unbelievers can be sincere in whatever religion they're in, but the government doesn't have to meet those religious convictions and faith. And I really believe that the Supreme Court is getting involved where the church makes a decision. And the Supreme Court could say, let's allow a pastor in the cell ahead of time, but not at the execution. That would seem to be a, a good conclusion. You're right. I would agree with you that I kind of came to the same conclusion. They got all this time up until the chamber to sit down and talk about it. Right. And we've talked about historical faith and saving faith. Where well, tomorrow we're going to be talking about other things like that. We have to close yeah. right now. It's open mic Friday tomorrow. Send me an email if you have a question about this or anything else. God bless you. Each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to law and gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod.